0: Right, if you haven't, if you have, if you missed it, go online and then follow through. There was just a few scriptures I was gonna show us. Uh, we took time to dwell on that scripture, right? Matthew 16, 23. Remember? Matthew 16, 23, where Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Put it up, Matthew 16, 23. Um, and we took time to do an exegesis of that verse, right? Matthew 16, 23. But he turned, that's Jesus, turned and said to Peter, get behind me Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful, somebody say mindful. mindful, of the things of God, but are mindful of the things of men, you are mindful of the things of men, get behind me, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but are mindful of the things of men, and we took, down, take time, took time to break that down, we looked at the word Turn to him. And I explained to you how turn to him wasn't a physical turning. But what the word is meant was to address something and shut it down and get ahead of it, right? So we went through all of that and we established that. So I, I, want, I don't want to go through all of that again today. But I'd like us to look at a few scriptures that we, we looked at. Uh, we stopped at Luke twelve fifteen, I believe. Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Take heed and beware of what? Covetousness. How does the TPT put this? Speaking to the people, Jesus continued, Be alert and guard your heart from greed and always wishing for what you don't have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. Message. Begin to the people he went on. Take care. Protect yourselves against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Because you see, if the quality of life is determined by what others have that others don't, it means that some people need the gospel and others don't. And that's why it's important to rightly divide the word of truth. When Jesus said, and I said that to you two weeks ago, that he has anointed me, the Spirit of the Lord has supported me, look for, quoting Isaiah 61, the Spirit of God has supported me for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. I was sharing with Lady Church and I was explaining to her that poor there doesn't mean people that don't have money. And, and just before you start to think what he meant, because if it's people that don't have money that are poor, it means that Jesus did not come to preach the rich. Which means the gospel is not relevant to people that have money. Does that make sense? So, Dan Gote, or E-Money, Woodbury, you know, Monfa, all the guys, you know. It means they don't, need, they don't need the gospel. They already have it. They already have it. But it cannot be the gospel if it is not cross-generationally, cross-societally relevant. Do you understand? The gospel is the gospel because it is relevant to everybody at all times, irrespective of their anthropological status. Mm-hmm. Anthropos. Mankind, remember? Anthropon, man. Regardless of their societal standing, regardless of where they are in the hierarchy of humanity, the gospel is relevant to all of mankind. There's nobody that is exempt from the relevance of the gospel. Now, if that is true, which it is, then he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor cannot be referring to people that don't have money. Does that make sense? Then who, who is the poor? Being referred to. You don't need to start trying to use your brain to calculate. He himself defined the poor. Matthew 5, Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You don't need to guess. Just follow the scripture. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the what? Kingdom. Poor in spirit. The word poor in in, in the Greek means to lack resources. To be destitute. It doesn't necessarily mean to not have money. It means to be destitute, to lack resources. And so what resource is the purpose in lacking? Spirit. Whose spirit? Spirit of God that has to bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. He has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts by which we cry, Abba Father. So we, we are saved by spirit. He tells Nicodemus in John 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus asks all the questions just like you don't understand. Let me use other words to explain to you. Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And water there is not water baptism. I've explained that to you over and over and over. Because if he says that you have to be born by water baptism and born of spirit, then there's an human element to a divine order. And that's not possible. If it's exclusively an act of God, it cannot have a human addition. It cannot have a human ingredient because if you understand when we explain soteria salvation, we said that the quality of a product is determined by the quality of the ingredients that go into making a product. So if salvation is an act of God, it means that all the ingredients required to put together your salvation package came from God. Now, if we need to baptize you in order to be saved, then there's a human addition to what is otherwise an exclusive act of God. And so it takes sitting with the scriptures. And I've taught you in this house that even the people that translated the Bible, not all of them had full revelation of the scriptures. Some of them translated outside the revelation of Christ. They just looked at Greek and Hebrew, Septuagint, and X. There's a document called X from which some of the gospels were translated, and it's Q rather, and they just Matthew wrote from Q, Mark wrote from Matthew, and then they're not sure where Luke wrote from. And we don't have understanding of Christ. The guys writing Habakkuk 2 in Hebrews do not understand. Now ah, he was referring to that. Write the vision, make it plain. It was not referring to your business, it was referring to Christ. For the vision that though he tires, wait for it. So it takes reading with the understanding. But when we already have a preconceived notion, we approach scripture with what we want the scripture to say. But except a man be born of water and spirit. Water, which is spirit. And, chi, in the Greek, means that is. Same difference, same thing. Now, if water and spirit are the same, then they must be same in substance. If spirit is intangible, then water in the same context must be intangible. If water in this part is tangible, then spirit on this heart, there has to be a substance that we can touch and taste called spirit for them to be mutually consistent. So spirit is what you are born again by. Make sense? So when somebody is not born again, what is he? Poor in spirit. Poor in the things of the spirit, lacking resources, i.e., spirit. What resources he lacking? Spirit. So he's poor in spirit, and it's for those people that Jesus came. I came to preach the gospel to the poor in spirit. Not I came to preach the gospel to those that don't have money, telling them receive money now in the name of Jesus. Receive it. The your amen. That's one of the stupidest things in Christianity. Yeah. One of the stupidest things. And what is even more sad is the people that sit down, intellectual people, sound people, professors, doctors, engineers sitting down on you to be may sense following, you. <laughs> Trying to out amen somebody. <laughs> the louder your amen, the more the angels are locating you now. Their GPS doesn't work. So the more you shout, you'll be like, hey, I can hear it, I can hear it, I can hear it. Shout amen! Okay. Shout amen! You're yeah, not shouting, no miracle for you. Shout! <laughs> and we bring foolishness into church. Practices that don't, don't derive from the New Testament. Shout, you go and check where you see shouting. Elijah was mocking them. Yeah, your God can't hear you. Hey, yeah. Shout now, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's busy. We don't shout to get God's attention. We shout in his attention. Yeah. No, 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 Father, hear us. Father, no, 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 no. We are in his attention. So we are... We are in his attention. We are located in him. We are not shouting for him to hear us. It's from him, sir, we are shouting. In him we live. In him, we move. In him, we have our being. Even in the Old Testament, the prophet said, it is ear deaf that he cannot hear. Those days oh, It is arm short that he cannot save. In that day, they trusted his arm to save them. When we, his son, saved us. Arm of God, son of God. Arm of God, finger of God, messed up Egypt. Pharaoh's guy said, ah, man, at this point, this is the finger of God. And then God became flesh. Great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. God became flesh, not a finger. The entire guy, the entire guy, the entire dude sold up to save me. Look at what a finger could do. Look at what the whole God can do. stick there be looking for finger of God she said oh oh the hand of God I'm chasing the hand of God I'm chasing the hand of God no I've got the life of God in me I've got the life of God in me I've got the spirit of the Son of God I've got the life of do you know what you sing sometimes Zo, zo Zopoio, God quickens you, energizes you. Energizes you. That's who is in you. That's who you carry, the fullness of the Godhead bodily. No, No, even angels don't talk around here. Are they mad? Have they lost their senses? angel, me, I stand with my father, angel when in Hebrews chapter 1, it says to which of the angels did he ever say today I have begotten you today you have become my son he only said that to Jesus and why did he say that to Jesus, so that chapter 2 verse 10, in bringing many sons to glory, he told Jesus I made you, prototype God's intention was never for Jesus to be his only son Prototokos. Firstborn of many brethren. He had to come first. How many are you in the family? We are six. What born are you? Second. Who is the first? There's no firstborn. They just born me second. No. No, now. There has to be a forerunner. So Christ came as the first fruit of those raised from the dead, came as the first fruit, first son of God. The only claim Jesus has over me now is that he's elder brother. That's, right. That's all. He's my senior brother. That's all. God wakes up in the morning and goes, son, all of us answer yes, dad. Yes, yes, if he wants to talk to Jesus separately, he has to distinguish. I know it's only this one that is up here that I want to talk to now. Oh, okay. Oh. You, should have, you should have said now. And daddy, how you be confusing all of us just like that when you are not the author of confusion? (laughs) Yeah, just, just, you have just said. Because I'm asked for, my mom will say, Ask for. Sons, all of us are sons of the same substance as Jesus. I said, The Spirit of God has anointed me me to preach the gospel to the poor in spirit. Because we who have the Spirit are rich. So our wealth is not measured by material acquisition. No, no, No. Our wealth is not measured by material acquisition. We're not on this earth to amass and, amass and amass and amass and amass and amass. No, no, no. Put that scripture back up, Luke 12. It's not a function of what you have. It's a function of what you have. You get it? It's not what you have. Take your eyes off what you have and look at what you have. following me no no and that's why i said last week any gospel any ministry any minister that champions a pursuit of material wealth over reality in christ is a false prophet it's a false prophet doesn't matter what they say to you doesn't matter oh god sent me god called me to preach prosperity you lie you lie I have a calling. God told me to raise millionaires. You lie. Yes. Your belly told you to raise millionaires. Because yes. when you raise them, you will collect some. Yes. Because you have to show us from scripture, rightly divided, where He died to raise millionaires. Mm. Is anything wrong with being a millionaire? Absolutely not. Oh, no. No, no, no. Nothing wrong with being a millionaire. But that's not what Jesus died for. That's not the message. That's not what he died for. So, no matter God called me to raise billionaires. He called me to raise marketplace evangelists. If you're not preaching the gospel, sir, in the marketplace, just be in the market. Hmm? Mm. Just be in the market. Your money does not show the gospel. Does somebody believes in you because of the fatness of your bank account or because you're in the shop selling stuff. In outside you're counting money. I make room for two. <laughs> you and I, Jesus. Huh? Oh, brother, Hafana say, Oh boy, my brother, it's the gospel. Oh. Just believe, oh. The gospel is not helped by money. Yes, sir. Money doesn't validate the gospel. I said to you last week or two weeks ago money is nothing but a tool, a junior tool. Money is a tool, tool. it's a junior tool. When you understand what money is there for, then money begins to serve you. We will not teach you how to make money. Money will be in a hurry to gravitate to you because you know how to deploy it for kingdom use. You know how to deploy it for kingdom use. I showed you Proverbs 11, I believe last, last week, that there's he who scattereth abroad and comes into plenty. There's he who withholds even what is just. Even the house rent that you decided to keep. Ah, God, I'm working now. I should save my house rent. You can keep it and come into poverty. And you can scatter abroad and when it's time, God looks after you. You you don't know the beauty of living your life without explanation of how you are living it. You don't know the beauty. You don't know the beauty of just coasting through life. Faith put up something on her WhatsApp status the other day. I looked at it. I didn't say anything. But I loved it. It It's a photo of somebody with Jesus and somebody without Jesus. Somebody with Christ and somebody without Christ. And the person without Christ was just going... Like that, and the person with Jesus was, you know, was going, you know, and like, yeah, that's what's going on, and that's not a function of how much money you have. No, that's the difference between happiness and joy. Oh, what's the difference? One minute you're sad because something happened to you. No, that Christ happened to you once is enough to keep you joyful for eternity. Husband happened, don't happen. Child happened, don't happen. Car happen don't happen. Admission happened, don't happen. Job happened, don't happen. Immigration happened, don't happen. Those happenstances have no bearing to the joy of a believer. You know, we take one look at you and see your problems all over your face, you are carnal. You're very carnal. And it's that canality that is causing false prophets to be making market. Carnality, not of unbelievers, Canality of Christians. Canality of Christians that believe that God owes them something material for believing in him. They see believing Jesus as an investment for which they should get a return. Yes. There's people that have no business believing Jesus outside of the expectation of what that Jesus should do for them because they believed in him. Okay. And that's the Ponzi scheme. Yes. 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 That's why it's dangerous to use your testimony to preach the gospel. Because yes. yes. God does not have to duplicate what he did for you for that other person. Yes. The gospel doesn't need your validation. Just preach the gospel. Christ, him crucified, resurrected, ascended for my trespasses and my justification. doesn't need, well, look at Jesus. Look at what he did for me. That's relative and therefore subjective. So people come to God with a sense of entitlement. Okay, you you wanted a a believer. You wanted a disciple. Here I am. So now what's my deal in this? What do I I get? You know, where's Sean? What do I get? You know, you know what i mean. You get it? What do I get? What is in it for me? And he says, I am in it for you. And you say, please, I know but what is in it. I know what is in it. And that's why a lot of us don't have the stomach to sit under the teaching of God's word because you don't think it translates into life success. And that's why you're mistaken, Because mastery with God is mastery in life. Mastery, you are chasing business seminar, chasing how to prosper. No pastor can teach you how to make money, yes, only a money maker can teach you how to make money. Yes. But when you understand that Christ became for me wisdom, so, yeah. so force, mm-hmm. ah! there's no way you deploy that wisdom that it will not answer to you. Yes. Wisdom that is Christ, not wisdom that is 17 steps to make your money work for you. Nonsense. So it's not in this. It's sitting down and getting mastery in life by virtue of mastery with God. It's not impossible to. It's not. What do you want to be when you grow up? One of the most pressurizing questions ever. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? When his, his desire is one for you. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, become me. It's so simple. It's so simple. Just you look at me, look, look, look. Look until that's all you can see. Look. That's all you can see. Just look. Just look. Everything has blurs. Everything has fades. Look, look, look. If you have a job, it's, it's, it's helping you to look. If you're in school, it's helping you to look. If you marry, that marriage should be helping you to look. If you stay single, it's because you're trying to look. If you have money, it's because the money is helping you to look. If you don't have money, it's so that you can look. That's what Paul means in 2 Corinthians 6 when he says, not having anything yet possessing all things. Whatever you double in should just facilitate your looking. I've said over and over, it is foolishness to try and wrap God around your life when your life should be wrapped around God, spent from inside God. We are fixated on heavenly pursuits, heavenly relevance, eternal relevance, relevance not earthly stuff. And we need to get that straight and we will stop being deceived. And I will understand what Paul meant when he said godliness with contentment. It's a great game. It's a great game. There's some things I don't want to ever get used to. Ever. 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 Last week, Monday, the Lord lashed us here at the more Sessions. Lashed us silly. Silly. Lashed us senseless. We finished and the Lord said, walk this person home. I went and changed. I walked her home. And from there, he said, Keep walking. And I checked home from here. Basically, I walked from here to my house. After that kind of meeting. how many if you remember last week, Monday. I walked home. Praying in tongues on my Some of you some, some were driving past in the car, saw me. People were going to my house in motos. My house. Me, I <laughs> met them there on Legate's Benz. I walked home. So how does it diminish the anointing? When the anointing is a permanent domicile of the Holy Spirit in you that cannot be punctured by anything, once you understand that, you stop trying to guard the anointing. He guards himself. Who anointing needs you to guard it. Anointing needs you to protect it, to preserve it. If he can't preserve himself, let him go. But he can't go because he said, I will never leave you. He's a deposit guarantee. So anyway, I, don't want to, I don't want to get to that point where you feel different because of what you're wearing. feel like, ah, you can't clean. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're a mighty man of God. No. You're just a man of a mighty God. Powerful man of God. No, sir. Man of a powerful God. Great man of God. No, sir. Man of a great God. You, apart from God, Man. Yes, sir. Yes. Man. No, it is he that works in us. Both to will, to desire, and to do according to his great pleasure. Outside Christ, you have no credit. Outside Christ, regardless of your credit balance. Christ is our only pursuit. So how you know you're Christ conscious is that in this time where everybody's running around looking for what they can get, you're saying, take everything. I don't want it. I don't need it. God, I just want you. Give me you. Everything else can wait. That's the heart of a Christ conscious believer. Constantly, you are gravitating. Constantly gravitating towards him. Let's finish this and go. Second Corinthians four seventeen and 18. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our light affliction which is but for a moment working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While, look at verse 18 which is the key verse here. While we do not look somebody say we do not look. No. At the things which are seen. But we look at the things which are unseen. Now, isn't that, it sounds paradoxical. You can't see something, but that's what you should be looking at. You you can see something, but that's not what you should be looking at. It's interesting how, in your walk with God, tangibility is dangerous. Ah, Ah. tangibility. (laughs) What you can touch, what you can handle, what you can now, what you can grasp is the most dangerous obstacle in a believer's life. Because being spiritual means you must rise above the elemental. You must rise above the terrestrial. Rise above to the point where what you cannot see is more tangible than what you can see. You can touch the glory of God. You can taste your righteousness in Him. You you wake up in the morning. You are not in any doubt as to your righteousness. You can't doubt it all. If you, listen to me, let me say this carefully. Listen to me carefully. If you doubt your righteousness, you are still carnal. You are carnal at worst. Self-righteous at best. Did you hear me? You are trying to grasp with the natural what is only assessed in the supernatural. For the carnal mind cannot grasp with things of God for they are only spiritually discerned. And to the carnal mind, they are foolishness. Ah, God, I'm not sure if I'm still righteous or so. Ah, that's what Paul means when he says you are falling from grace. Falling from grace was never seen. It was never sin that made anybody fall from grace. Yeah. It's not the wrong you did. Yeah, yeah. The way church has defined it. Yeah. Ah! You fornicated. You are falling from grace. Never. It's not in scripture. If you fell from grace because you sinned, Jesus, your intercessor, should be fired. He was asleep on the job. Yeah. 1 John 2, 1 and 2. I write to you that you should not sin. 1 John 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that, go on, you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate. Where's the advocate? With the father. Excuse me. If you go to court and the judge sits down and it's your case, do you talk? You only speak when spoken to. Because no matter what you have to say, whether it is true or not, it is not legal tender in the absence of a legal advocate. One who is called to plead your case. You don't plead your case yourself. That's why you must take a legal counsel with you. And what is your advocate's duty? To highlight every single merit of your case, no matter how remote that guarantees you walk free. Your advocate is not paid to be a moral judge. (laughs) Are you following me? Your advocate is not hired to say, I am but you, Seth Christy. I know you called me to represent you, but why did you? If you have that kind of lawyer, fire them immediately. (laughs) It's not their place can you find anything in this case that you can exploit to make sure I win? Mm. Yes, you're hired. No, you're fired. Simple. That's the place of an advocate. An advocate only sees the best in you. That's what they are paid to do. If there's wrong in you, they can't see it. That's why they are best qualified to plead your case. We have an advocate with the Father, the great judge. And all your advocate is doing is checking everything to say you are free. That's all he's doing. Satan comes, Satanos, Diabolon, accuser. Ta ta ta, da, 2B, da, 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 ta 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 ta. Exhibit A, bam. Ta 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 ta. Exhibit Two B, boom. Ta 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 ta. coming up, da 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 uh, um, You see, they are they are guilty before even being charged. In fact, Lord, they are so guilty they don't need to even be charged. Yeah, if hold up. Who speaks for this man? Do you now understand why the only atmosphere in heaven is worship and celebration? Because no matter what you plan to do to a believer, no matter what, that's why I said, they sang, Last, last, we win. Last, 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 we win. Any way you want to corner the believer, the believer gets his time. And when is his time, they say, Who speaks for this man? And they see a lion that looks like a lamb that was slain. And he comes and he says, "You know, the devil might be writing what he has to say, but Father, I paid for this too. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, how about this other one that she did? Okay. I paid for this too. The blood is Satan's biggest nightmare." Yes sir. Not your prayer, sir. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Not your offering, not your obedience. We're not saying don't obey. I'm not saying that. But we're not obeying for preservation. We are obeying for conformity. We are not obeying for preservation. We are obeying for conform. We are obeying to look like what we are. Are you following me? We are obeying to look like what we are. We're not obeying to qualify. And that's why in heaven, every time Jesus is about to talk, there's rejoicing. Because every time he pleads, I won. Every time. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Go on. And he himself, Jesus Christ the righteous, is the propitiation, the payment, the taking away, the exchange for our sins. And not for ours only. Also, for the whole world. So, if we fell from grace, it means Jesus stopped advocating. Mm. So, fall from grace cannot mean that you sinned, grace left you. That's what he's there for. That's what he's there for. To fall from grace is to abdicate what Jesus did in favor of what you think you can do. Do you understand? abdicate what he did in favor of what you think you can do to guarantee your salvation. And that is where false prophets have, ma- have maximized. You want to do something, we'll give you something to do. They say you want to do something else. Yeah? The assignments you did in primary and secondary school and university is not enough for you. Now you want assignments in church, we'll give you assignments. You want homework, we'll give you homework. I didn't, it didn't start today. Yeah. The church brought that nonsense from paganism. Yeah. By, by, do you know how many people went to fight the crusades in Jerusalem yeah. because they wanted guaranteed passage to heaven? When I see the church use some things, I am afraid we need to close. You know how we are when we gather; like this. We don't stop. We have to stop. Anywhere I stop now, stop. Yeah, I, I will just stop. <laughs> what we got? Hey, hey, what's happening? Hey, evangelist so and so came to town for a crusade. I will just laugh and look at you go. Yeah. Do you know what crusade was? Crusade was fought with blood. Yes. Yes. Fights, killing people, raping people, murdering people, slicing, burning people alive. That was what was crusade. People were thinking that God needed people killed for refusing him. So they were going around and killing people. That's what they call crusade. It never had anything to do with the gospel never had anything to do with the gospel. And so I might stand alone, but there's some nonsense you will never hear me say or see me do. Because there's no justification for it in the message of the scriptures. Crusade means by hook or crook, are you going to accept the church? Not Christ. You accept that the the Pope is the Papa. You don't, you die. You messed up, you raped a girl, you are going to hell. How can you escape hell? you go and fight and keep people who don't like the church for 2 years, 3 years. Or your cousin died without repenting. You cannot go and fight on their behalf. Serve for 2 years. Then that your person that died will get access to heaven. People that were killed persecuted, were persecuted for teaching what I'm teaching you now. That it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Mm. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This is what I just told you now. People lost their heads for it. And me, I'm prepared to lose mine. Because to live is Christ. To die is gain. So the church quickly capitalized on the fact that you want to walk, to give you walk. Now, the church has worked through the ages so much that they don't understand salvation without works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They now see it as a heretical message. Because they've been built up for centuries on working. The church used to sell certificate of indulgence before. Not only is this stupid, it is sad that people believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's... Pay 500 rand, 1,000 rand. Let us know, show you whether your name is in the book of life. <laughs> and you're paying. You're paying. So, it is the false religion has exploited that unfulfilled desire in a human being to participate in something or to get something because of what is tangible. Let's finish and go. Second Corinthians 4.18. Does anybody get anything tonight? Ha <laughs> For while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. TPT. I'll close here. TPT. Ah. But we don't, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. The message. The message. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. The things we can't see now will last forever. What are you seeing? Because what you're seeing determines what you're gravitating towards. Sight is for direction. Amen. Sight is not for pleasure. Sight is for what? Direction. So you can see where you're going. So a man is wired to gravitate in the direction of his sight. You are what you see. Part one and two, yeah. our own test from the whole series. Yeah. Well, listen. You're what you see, because once you allow yourself to see something, then you start to gravitate towards what you see. So the only way to change your direction is to change your optics, yes, change what you see. Yeah. And he has told us he has defined who we should see, yeah. looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12 and two, but we see Jesus, Hebrews two. 7, 8, and 9. Beholding the same image. 7 Corinthians 3 and 18. We see. We can't be seeing car and house. <laughs> Jesus told them in Matthew 6 and 33, He said, Hey, 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 seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things have been added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness. Go and read it. Matthew six thirty-three. 33. Put it in the King James. Matthew 6 33. You'll be shocked at you see what you see there. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'll say it again until you get it. Seek you first. We have never noticed that that word. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. His righteousness. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That instantly personifies the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Why didn't he say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness? Right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They asked him, show sure us the kingdom. He said, my friend, kingdom is within you. Kingdom is among you. Kingdom is talking to you. He is the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The righteousness of the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom, seek the righteousness of the kingdom. Same person, same difference. Who is the kingdom? Christ. Who is the culture of that kingdom? Christ. What is that culture? Righteousness. Seek you me and how I am, my standing, get my standing. And what you're chasing after will be added to you. David understood this and even before the cross, he would make audacious statements like he makes in Psalm 23. He says, surely, goodness, mercy, shall follow me all the days of my life. No, no, David cannot have had more insights than me. No. No, when he needed me to be perfected. David said, goodness, wake up every morning, audacious rascal, get up. Goodness, mercy, follow me. And even when he messed up, goodness spoke, mercy prevailed. Why? He understood goodness and mercy, locked in and said, ah, you are following me. Why are we chasing protection? Why are we chasing wealth? When the same guy says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to be anything elsewhere. How much more us? Sons of the Most High. He's our prize. He's our reward. Not what he gives, who he is. Are you hearing me? Not what he gives, but who he is. He's our blessing. So I dare you today, and those of you who are watching, I dare you to turn your life. Remember? Turn your life. Turn the wheel violently and adjust yourself to see yourself in the light of Christ and see how life changes for you. You get yourself to the point where there's nothing you will not spend for the kingdom. Nothing. You die to yourself and then you die to people bamboozling you. 24 hour miracle. Who told you sons of God live by miracle? Sons of God living by miracle. That's a cheap way to live. We don't live by miracle, we live by supernatural realities that we superimpose on the earth. No, we work miracles for people. You don't need miracles to be sons of God No, no, that's, that's below us Oh, please rise on your feet Let's close We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ We're Not ashamed We are not intent with Christ It's rising, you can't stop us anymore You can't shut us down with persecution You can't shut us down with accusation You can't shut us down with insinuations You can't shut us down with stereotypes You can't shut us down We, we are out, we are broken free We are out Christ is enough. He's enough. He's enough. Christ is enough. He's more than enough. He's everything. You have him, you have everything. Whatever Christ will supply, he will supply on the basis of who he is to you. We have to close. Oh, Jesus. Whatever God will supply, he will supply only on the basis of all Christ is to you. So once you zero in on Christ being everything, guess what? You end up lacking nothing. You end up lacking nothing. Once you zero in on all Christ is to you, you end up lacking nothing. But you can zero on one thing, chase a job, chase a job, lose health, lose children, lose Christ, lose everything else, even if you get the one thing you were chasing. To what end? There's no multitasking with our walk with God. It's all we're chasing. Oh, hallelujah we'll continue next week is that okay continue. are you glad about tonight yeah. <laughs> this concludes this message thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you for inquiries and further information please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms